as host of the show, and he's not giving it up. All right, welcome back to episode I don't know what of uh, the podcast, currently the number one podcast in North America. (laughs) This week, we will be obviously keeping you updated with some latest NFL news, and then we will continue our position group rankings with safeties and tight ends this week. But before we get into that, of course, we have a message from our good friends over at FlanaganLaw.net. FlanaganLaw.net. If you need someone that's as good with numbers as Rain Man or Allen from The Hangover, these guys are your men. I had a bunch of offshore bank accounts with uh, holdings that got – wait, hold up. Whoa. All right. He and couldn't talk again, about that anymore. Yeah, as we can see, our good friend is always, always in some trouble. Just lost him. But Flanagan.wall.net is always going to be there for him, and he'll always be there for you. All right. Welcome back, Jay. Um, just posted bail again. The IRS just kicked you out. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was scary. My phone's been dead for, like, two hours up until, like, 20 minutes ago, so I don't know what just happened. No worries. Well, moving on to our weekly NFL news, we will start with, I would say, is the hottest topic on Twitter currently, is the NFLPA's survey, team by team, who each gets a letter grade on various things. Is it? I, I'm not honestly sure on all the logistics if it's – one grade for everything combined or everything differently, like strength and nutrition and facilities, like all gets its own individual grades. But regardless, this has certainly been a hot topic, so we might as well weigh in on it. I personally have kind of mixed feelings about it, where I feel like the teams with really low grades, it is kind of pitiful that organizations that are worth that much money can't do a better job but on the other side of the coin I also kind of feel like this is a free pass for a bunch of grown men who are millionaires to bitch about their jobs so what do you guys think yeah I mean I think the way they did it was they ranked like individual things giving a letter grade and then just an overall score that like ranked teams 132 and I mean, I didn't really, yesterday, didn't think much of the list. I was kind of like, ah, whatever. Like, my team was right in the middle. Like, the Ravens were 17. So I was like, I mean, whatever. Like, you know, they're they're doing some things well. They're not doing other things well. The But then today, I get on Twitter, and <laughs> every nobody who's ever not made it through the Ravens organization was coming out of the woodwork being like, yeah, the only reason I'm not in the hall of fame is because of our strength and conditioning coach. I couldn't, I couldn't heal from an injury. And I was just like, my God, if you felt this way, one, why did you speak up sooner? And two, um, why did you wait for the list to come out with the official grades before like you scared that they were going to be graded well and then you couldn't shit talk? Like, I don't know what was happening, but everyone was blaming our strength and conditioning coach for not succeeding in the NFL. And it was one of the more wild things I saw today. Yeah. I thought like very similar to you, Josh, like I was more so annoyed that, 
why didn't you do this? Because much of the, the talk was, like, guys that aren't on the team anymore besides Bateman. Um, <clears throat> but, like. Yeah, but Bateman was was talking about something else anyway. Yeah, yeah. Bateman was taking shots at DaCosta for what he said, which is a whole other thing. We may or may not get to that later, but that was unrelated. But still, a lot of people were talking shit. Go ahead. Yeah, I remember because um, someone tweeted to Hollywood Brown, and Hollywood Brown, of all people, was like, I'm going to mind my own business. Like, I take, like, control or whatever autonomy over my own body. So I'm just glad that there was somebody that I was an adult about this. Um, but yeah, to me, it's kind of just sounds like the NBA load management controversy that's going on right now. It's just like, dude, you guys have paid millions of dollars to play a fucking game. Like, it's really not that hard to take. I mean, I shouldn't say it's not that hard, but like, you should be able to take care of yourself. You have the most highest paid, like, strength conditioning coaches, like the cream of the fucking crop. Like, even if the Ravens were 32nd out of 32, like, their strength conditioning conditioning coaches are still at an elite level. So it's just everything's an excuse, you know. It's Yeah. I'm just, and they're like and they're adults with money. If they don't like the treatment they're getting or they feel like they need more or something different, you can just hire somebody else and get a second opinion or you, know, you don't have to use the team the team doctor. Dude, it's, look, it's just an option for you. Look what LeBron does. LeBron, like, has, he pays, like, a million dollars a year on people outside of the organization to help, like, keep him in tip-top shape, to keep him playing at the level he's at, at almost 40 years old. So I'm not saying, like, every player should do that because obviously not every player is in a position to, like, afford just to kind of throw a million dollars at taking care of their body. But, like... I don't know. I just, it never really was an issue. And it just seems like now, um, you know, the further we go, athletes become more and more like prima donnas. And it's just, I don't know. Everything's so dramatic and over the top and fucking everything. And it's just so annoying. And like, and it, I'm just going to go on a fucking tangent here, but like, it's the same fucking thing, you know, and then they'll all like they'll unfollow the whole the team on Instagram and then I have to read that's a fucking big fucking deal. And it it's just so annoying, dude. Everything. It's just it's a constant blame game. Um, you know, they scrub their social media account of the team. Ooh, like fucking who gives a shit? It's so it's so annoying, dude. And it's not just, you know, athletes, it's just everybody. Everyone in the world. That's the day I'm having, everybody. You're going to – I'm bringing everyone down with me. All right. Well, we love to see that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, the, I mean, the only thing I will say, I guess, in favor of the survey is based on the fact that Washington and Arizona were the bottom two teams in the league, I feel like using that as a starting point, it is somewhat accurate of a ranking – so I guess it was cool to kind of really see what the situations were like. But, yeah, I I more or less agree with you guys that it's like the worst NFL franchise facility is still better than your, like, run-of-the-mill fucking patient first anywhere. So stop well, crying. And I'm also just curious how they came up with, like, the rankings on each thing. Because, like, for example, the Steelers, as a Steelers fan, I was kind of blown away by this. Um, the treatment of families portion of the 
the rankings, they got a D minus, which blew my mind considering like um the amount of like alumni support, like former players and shit that always come back and support the current team year after year after year. So I was really surprised by that, that you know, the treatment of families was up there. Just given like me going to a Steelers game every year, it's always like a very family oriented thing. Dad, did you hear about that? What's that? The Steelers got like a D minus for treatment of families um, on that like rankings thing. Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you think? <laughs> nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> okay. He's got nothing. Damn it. That would have been rare. Juicy. That would have been <laughs> juicy soundbite. Um. Anyway. Um. All right. So if that's pretty much all we have on that. I'll be honest. I haven't even looked at the whole goddamn thing. I just know I've seen more on Twitter than I have actually read the survey itself. But <clears throat> moving on to the bigger and more important news, dare I say, of the century. Alex Smith officially making his coaching debut, NFL coaching debut, I believe coming back to be the quarterback's coach for Patrick Mahomes, which, let's be honest, in essence, he already did once, and we saw how that turned out. So I'll start with a softball question. Should we expect 50 touchdowns from Mahomes because of Alex Smith's presence next season? 50 touchdowns is not even impressive. <laughs> like, if Yeah, they, not with Alex Smith coaching. Would 50 you, rushing touchdowns. Like if you you can't even look at a rece- uh, at a receiver as a defensive back without getting a PI call in today's NFL. Like any passing stat, I'm borderline not even impressed by anymore. It's sad that we've gotten here. As the quarterback aficionado, it's just like I'm more impressed by quarterbacks like Josh Allen, um, who go out of their way to throw in the double and triple coverage just because like anyone can throw to a wide open receiver, and that's virtually all Patrick Mahomes has to do. So, yeah, there's my take on Alex Smith as a quarterback's coach. He shouldn't be wasting his time at that team. Oof. All right, Josh, Let's. you want to shed some light on the truth here? Yeah, I mean, when he got hired for the job, I was obviously happy, but I was not surprised. Like, as you alluded to, uh, he already has taught Patrick Mahomes everything he knows about football. So why not continue the job and just repeat as Super Bowl champions till he's retired? Till Alex Smith yeah. is retired, obviously. I don't Patrick think. Uh, yeah, I don't think Patrick Mahomes has ever spoke to the media, has ever conducted an interview without thanking Alex Smith at some yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he says it himself. Yeah, and people also love to forget that the. Uh, Washington Commanders, formerly another team at the time, were literally winning their division before he shattered his leg into a billion pieces and made a heroic comeback. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy Alex Smith got a job and is relevant in the news because it was only a matter of time until this podcast hosted an Alex Smith segment. Yeah, it may have to be a weekly segment at this point, just <laughs> updates on how the draft process is going. Maybe we can get him as a guest, a recurring guest. We'll work on that in the future. I mean, I mean, what hasn't he done in the NFL? He should probably be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, again, Colin Kaepernick robbed him of a Super Bowl ring. Jay, I think you can at least agree with that. 
he definitely would have won that Super Bowl if he was playing with it. Yeah. If he was playing in it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And I mean he never should have lost his job in the first place. Like the Yeah, do you want to hear his numbers? Do you want to hear his numbers from that season when he got benched from missing one game for a concussion? Yes, and we should also probably just go over his numbers from before Mahomes took the starting job as well. But yes, do them both. Let him hear it. 71% completion. If you remember a few weeks back, we were arguing about how good 62% completion is. 1,700 yards, 13 touchdowns to five picks, and another, another 130 yards on the ground. Yeah. This was until he got injured for one week. And then the 49ers completely screwed him over. Yeah, and I don't remember their record at the time, but I'm pretty sure it was good. And then his stats. The I, year, I think it was weak. I think it was. I think he was like eight and one, seven and two. It was something good. Um, and then yeah, his he was borderline an MVP the year. Well, technically, I would guess Mahomes' rookie year, the year he sat. And then yeah, 20, yeah 2017. Yeah. 2017, 68% completion percentage, over 4,000 passing yards, 26 touchdowns to five picks, and another 135 or 100, 355 rushing yards. And a I was going to say, PG. he had to have like I mean, 500 in that season because he had like 80 yards in one game. Yeah, I think the year before that he ran for 500. Duh. I got confused when looking at his stats. I thought that was his good year, but they're just all good. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Jay, on, you know, that or just the Colin Kaepernick situation in general? Just kidding. <laughs> we don't need to do that. Free cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, moving on, I think it's officially time if we have no further comments. Is there any other late or recent news, any other big hirings, free agency talk. I know the Combine is starting this week. Technically, I believe first yeah. position groups go tonight because it's Thursday. Um, yeah, any talk on that? Any guys yeah. you're hyped about? Um, I need to retract my criticism of fat Todd McShay. Um Now that Jalen Carter has proven to, in fact, have <laughs> character issues. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what, hey, I might have jumped the gun on that one. Yeah, man enough to admit when I was wrong that it was honestly really smart PR to like throw out the feel good story of him paying for the walk ons meals right before he left the scene of where his teammate died in a car accident. So, um, hey, give yourself half credit. You were only half wrong. He is still fat. At least. Yeah, Todd is very fat. Um, this is probably the worst gala apple I've ever had in my life. And um, Jalen Carter might fall to the Steelers now. So, <laughs> I'm all in. The circle of life. We're back on a – we're going to end on a positive note there. Um, so, today's position groups – I know we were tossing some ideas around last week, but we are going to go with safeties and tight ends. We have really not talked about this or the order at all, so I am just going to lead on, and you're going to have to deal with it. Um, We are going to start with the top nine tight ends in the NFL. 
three picks a person snake draft just like last time. You guys good with that? Yeah, I just want to also point out that we are going to forego inside linebackers and offensive line because one offensive line play is piss poor. It's a disgrace to the days of old and they should frankly all be ashamed of themselves. And two inside linebacker who gives a shit. There's yeah. like two good ones in the league anyway. Yeah, Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, Bobby Wagner, and the list there. Boom. So, um, just want to give that um, quick heads up. But yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, hate to uh, hate to throw shade towards the big guys blocking. I I'm not on board with that. If we're being honest, bootstrap bills walking the plank on that one to not include the offensive linemen. But it's totally fine and. With the way the league is changing, I do see where you're coming from. So, starting with tight ends, snake draft. I'm giving myself the first pick so no one can do anything stupid. Josh, you'll go second. Jay, you can have the snake draft at three and four. So, I'm going to snake draft. As long as I get first pick and safeties, we're fine. Yeah, we'll just reverse order. Yep, that's all good. So... I will take Trav at number one, obviously. I mean, there's not really an argument, even if you're like a Kittle guy, like I know you are, Jay, because of play style. Just with how hurt he is and stuff, there's just really not an argument in terms of production at a historical level at this point. I mean, he may finish top three or two all time in everything, depending on how much longer he plays, but he – Played pretty well in the Super Bowl this year. He had another insane season. I'm pretty sure he was second in the league behind Devontae in uh, receiving touchdowns. And, yeah, he's been a chief all his life. He's had Andy Reid his whole career, which certainly helps. But I really don't think I'm going to hear that much argument on this one. So we can move right on unless you guys want to add anything. Um, just in terms of the historical aspect of it, like, yeah, he's, you know, a really, really all-time great level um, receiving tight end. But for me personally, again, it kind of leads back to what I was rambling on before about as far as not being overly impressed by certain things. Um, I think in, a com- in the grand scheme of things, I-, I would still take Gronk and Tony Gonzalez over him, but that's still, you know, that says a lot right there. Um, I don't think at this point there's any real legitimate argument against Trav at number one. Yeah, well, I mean, I basically just said, like, he's in the top three all-time categorically. Like, if you wanted to fight for that and have him at three, like, I wouldn't go to war with you over him at three with those guys at one and two. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, if you're top three ever – I wouldn't say – I would say he's obviously coming out of his prime, even though he's still in it. But next year, I believe he's going to produce extremely well, and, you know, he'll probably take less money to stay in Kansas City. And I feel like over the next two years, if he just stays in Kansas City taking less money, like he can get to those numbers he needs and pretty much just walk away whenever he feels like it. Well, the problem is, too, when you talk about, like, greatest ever at certain positions, it's like, how much credit do you give to the guys that kind of, like, paved the way? You know, like Mike Ditka and John Mackey back, you know, Christ, 50, 60 years ago. Um, 
like those guys were like the OG receiving tight ends. So like the whole who's the best tight end ever argument, I Yeah, it's tough to say, but what I will say is going in going into, you know, 2023 based off the past like 3 2 3 4 years, like there's no one putting up the numbers at the tight end position that he's putting up. I mean, he's in the top 5 to 10, you know, overall receiving yards for the season. Like you said, he's one or two in touchdowns every year. Like he's producing at a rate that, you know, is like unheard of. Yeah, my I agree that the the rules are changing and in the way you're talking about Jay where it's getting easier and easier and he's he is in a great system but he's still just doing it and producing at a much higher level than everyone else still. Like he's putting up top tier like receiver numbers as a tight end. No other tight ends are doing that. Yeah, no, like I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not going to argue against him being number one. I just think, again, if you want to talk about in the all-time conversation, I just can't really put him with certain people. That's yeah. All. I think that's fair. Um, so yeah, I think everyone has these two guys up top. You know, it's always Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, and you even brought them up talking about them. They're they're really the only. They're the two elite tight ends right now. And really, the elite list I think ends here. Um, you, you said he's a little bit more injured; he gets a little banged up, misses some games here and there. But I mean, I think it's because of how hard he plays. I mean, he's a run blocker; he's in there on every short yardage down, as well as being the receiving t- uh, tight end um, that's breaking tackles and, and being productive, helping a quarterback out. Yeah, I'm a big Kittle guy. So, I mean, in terms of, like, this is the other argument that there is. It's, like, if you want, like, the best tight end at, you know, being a receiver, like, um, you'd get Travis Kelsey. If you want, like, the complete uh, tight end, if you will, you would go with uh, Kittle, just given, you know, how he is as a blocker and um, in that run game. That's and I per- know it. I know doesn't matter as much for what we're talking about, but just also his attitude and the way he plays and, like, him on the sidelines. Like, yeah, he's just a good guy to have around, always having fun. Yeah. Yeah, I really think if he could just – he has had some, you know, negative things in his career with the injury problems. I agree that it's because of how physical a player he is, which is a good thing, but it it doesn't change the fact that it bites him in the ass because of that. And he's had some subpar quarterback play for stretches, um, you know, with injuries at that position as well. I think if he was out there every week, it would no question be like a pick your guy between 1A and 1B. But the only reason he's a, a peg lower is just for those reasons that he's just not out there enough. I'm interested to see where Jay goes with this next pick, my next two picks. Yeah, I'm definitely going off the walls here. Um, but it's a combination of projections and the level of play within the shitstorm they've been playing in. Okay, well, I know one of them already, thanks. I think I know both of them. (laughs) Um, So the first pick, 
I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. Oh, damn it. You should have made the other guy the first rounder. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was going to crucify you if you did that. A thousand yards as a rookie with geriatric Matt Ryan, who can barely throw a football 30 yards downfield anymore, um, is beyond impressive. And then this past year, obviously, he had the the big injury. And also, I mean, let's be real, if Matt Ryan can't push the ball downfield, neither can Marcus Mariota, and I'm an Oregon guy. Um, So I think, you know, you put this guy in a system like uh, Andy Reid's or like Kyle Shanahan's, I think he puts up the same, if not better, numbers than either of the previous two guys in terms of just as a pure receiver. Because that's really what he is. Obviously, he's never going to line up on the line and, really get his hands dirty in terms of blocking. But, I mean, it's 6'6", 245, runs like a deer, can go up and get the ball. I mean, he is a freak of nature. If he stays healthy and gets, you know, just an above-average quarterback, I'm not asking for Joe Burrow or Mahomes. Like, just give me someone, you know, Christ, Garoppolo's level with a smart system, which Arthur Smith remains to be seen, kind of. But, um, yeah, I think Pitts is an absolute freak show. Stays healthy, gets some competent quarterback play, consistent quarterback play. He's going to put up um, some gaudy numbers. Yeah, we saw it the rookie year, like you said. He had a, a thousand yards, and I mean, he stepped back last year, but he was playing with Marcus Mariota, and he did have injury problems this year, if I remember correctly. But I mean, he he can make all the catches. I think talent wise. You know he belongs up in the in the top five somewhere, so I have no problem with him being here at three. Yeah, this was literally my top three in order, so I don't really have anything else to say. All right, then I will spark off round number two with future Hall of Famer <laughs> Pat Fryerbooth. Um, yeah. again, I don't think I didn't have him too far away from here. I had him a little bit lower, but I mean he he's done some things. I mean, really, he's good. He's good. Realistically, if you were to rank them like as they stand today, without projections going forward, he'd probably fall in the seven to ten range. But again, I'm projecting forward. I love what I see out of Kenny Pickett, um, specifically the last few games of the year um, when he kind of took control and said, "You know, fuck your play calls, uh, Matt Canada. Like, I'm just going to go out here and just play backyard football." Um, Pat does it all. I mean, we've seen him make ridiculous circus catches. The one he made last year with Ben, uh, I believe it was against Cleveland. It was Cleveland or Cincinnati. It was one of the shit storms in Ohio. Um, I mean, he, he can make every catch in the world. He's a really good blocker. He's not, you know, Kittle level when it comes to that, but um, he's a complete player. Um, you rarely see him drop a pass, um, and if he does, it's – usually just like a random lack of uh, concentration. But, again, it's very, very rare. So, love Pat Fryermuth. I think he'll be a consensus top five guy after this season. All things go well for the Steelers. But, uh, yeah, Pat's my guy. I would go with somebody else here. I'm not going to say who just because for the sake of the draft, but I'll say it after one of you guys picks him, unless you don't. Um, but, you know, availability is the best ability. I'll just say that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I had him at six. Obviously, we're projecting forward a little bit. Um, I think, like you said, he, he's he's kind of like the safety blanket for for that offense. I think that's exactly what a good tight end provides. Like, they just kind of slip open. Like, 
they're not doing anything crazy physical, but they're making the catches and they're getting open. And I think that's what he does. Yeah, I mean, he's such a perfect stealer. Like, for me, I see a more athletic uh, Heath Miller. That's exactly who he reminds me of, which is obviously perfect given the team he's on. But, uh, yeah, I totally agree. He's definitely the safety valve for, as a rookie for Ben, you know, a, a twenty, nearly 20-year 20 vet. Um, that says a lot right there. Well, I could take this next pick one of two ways. But I think ultimately I'm going to go with production over talent, I think. And I think the guy who produced the most over the past few years and probably will produce again next year at, at a high level is, is Mark Andrews. Um, I think a lot of this is for his usage rate. Like, you know, he's not the most talented uh, pass catcher or route runner. He does he does get open and he's used a lot. He's durable. He doesn't miss a lot of times. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to take Mark Andrews here at five. Yeah, I mean, I I would have. Like, I, I considered it for sure. Um, and that's even with, you know, my personal bias against the Ravens. I mean, Mark Andrews is definitely worthy of being in the top five. You, can't, you just can't go against the numbers he's been putting up. And, you know, most likely, you know, going into next season, he's our he's the Ravens' number one passing option again. So, I mean, that's going to that's gonna bring the numbers. That's going to bring the production. And, you know, that's what we're projecting forward to for next year. So, I think he fits here. Yeah, you brought it up as far as his usage rate goes. Like, obviously, the offense, he, he really is the number one receiving option for the Ravens. Um, and him and Lamar have a really good chemistry. So, um, yeah, I would agree with you. The production definitely – I don't think necessarily reflects the talent because his numbers could be even better if he caught some relatively elementary passes. Um, so, yeah, I think five is about the sweet spot for Mr. Andrews. Yeah, I think you both made some good points. I I think we collectively, compared to most people, probably have him ranked a little low. I feel like most average, I'll say, football fans would probably have him at like two or three even. But to not put him in the top five, I feel like, would definitely just be throwing shade, which I certainly personally have been known to do, because he is streaky, and again, he does have suspect hands at times. He definitely pisses me off as someone who obviously watches the Ravens a lot. And uh, but, but to say he's not good, to say that he's not durable, to say that he doesn't produce, like, I'm not going to hold that against him and again he played well um the end of not this year particularly because I think he got hurt but the the year before even when Lamar was out he played really well with Huntley in there he played hard after he got paid so he's definitely pretty good but I think five is kind of the perfect spot for him all right anything else on uh Andrews, before I make six and seven. No, I'm interested to see where where this goes, though. Yeah, me not, too. I'm not 100 percent sure where it goes from here. I think this was this was clearly the top five. Mm-hmm. I well, would maybe agree Pat Fryermuth, but I mean, I was. Yeah, say, you know. I think there. Again, I'll just say. We'll see. Yeah. 
let's put it this way. I'm actually personally in a really good spot with where I'm at. I have two guys left that I would have picked pretty much regardless. Uh, Andrews deserves to be where he is. I personally didn't want to pick him, and I don't disagree with you, Jay, but obviously that pick gave me some leeway as well. So at six, I will take Darren Waller, who is annoying as fuck with injuries, even though he's a freak. So he's another guy where he's not in Kittle's tier by any means, but the same way as Kittle, where it's like, dude, if you could just stay on the field, you would be a force of nature. So Was not in I my get, top ten. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I feel that as a fantasy owner of Darren Waller, but I didn't have just him makes me pay closer to attention to him, and I just think these guys that have him ranked pretty high are just not really paying attention to what he's doing on the field. Yeah, I which mean, is very year, little because he's rarely there. Yeah, so this this was a tough year for him. Um, definitely a regression year, and I don't know what's going to happen in Las Vegas. So. Yeah, I'll just end by saying, I don't know, Jay, do you want to chime in on this before I make my next pick? I do, I was because, gonna, I, yeah, go I do because this is who I was referring to. Um, if this was 2020 going into 2021, um, I think he's consensus at worst number two, possibly even number one with those back-to-back seasons he put up um, a few years ago. But this year and last year being plagued by injuries, um, and honestly, when he was on the field, he didn't seem like much cl- – I shouldn't say close to the same player, um, but he, it definitely seemed like something was a little off. So, um, like I said, that's who I w- would have taken. But, again, just availability is the best ability in the last two years. He just hasn't been there enough. And when he was out there, he wasn't the same player he was the the two seasons previous when he – you know, 90 catches, 1,200 yards, et cetera. Yeah, I think – I think my problem with him was expectations versus what we got these past two years. And the people that I have on my list have kind of done the opposite where they lower expectations, but have performed maybe higher than expected. So I think that's why I just, I was, I was so low on him. All right. So moving on to number seven, I'm actually really happy. I'm walking out of this draft with these three guys. Um, Honestly, they were kind of interchangeable. These two picks were kind of interchangeable for me for the reason you just brought up, Josh, in terms of talent and projection versus actually what you're truly putting on tape. And I feel like that doesn't ring truer for anyone than TJ Hawkinson, who literally produced for two different teams in the same season this year. He was a consistent producer in Detroit ever since he was drafted there, went to another team, fit right in, produced there as well. He's almost like kind of the anti-Mark Andrews as well, where he's not putting up gaudy numbers week to week, but you know what you're getting every single week. A better natural hands receiver, I would argue a better route runner, even possibly Two, it's just not as explosive or high usage as a player. So that's why he fell a little lower, but I think he's a very good tight end, and I will gladly take him at seven. Yeah, I think with a full year you know, in Minnesota this year, too, I think even his production numbers will be up a little bit. Um, 
you know, switching halfway through the year can make it a little tough to keep your numbers up, learning new systems and whatnot. But yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he definitely belongs on this list somewhere. I cannot believe I'm going to get one of two players um, with my last pick, but yeah, I mean, I don't dislike Hawkinson. I just, I don't know. I, I would have taken a couple other people ahead of him personally, but um, I'm curious to see who you, who your last two picks are. Um, I know you only have one more each, but there are a couple other guys I was considering, and I just want to see in my head how outlandish they were based on who your picks are. <laughs> I'm actually going to get three in my top five here with uh, with this pick. I'm going to take Dallas Goddard. Um, I think, you know, in, in the biggest situations we saw in the Super Bowl, he made plays, and not not only was he getting open, but he was making tough catches. So, you know, he has the he has the talent and catching ability of one of these high-level guys, but also provides that safety blanket for Jalen Hurts that, like, Friar Muth does for, for Pickett. So I think he, he's a perfect guy to take here. I'm, I'm happy to get him, you know, in the third round. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's probably who I would have picked next. I don't have much to say about that. I assumed one of you were going to take him. I would have. I was expecting Josh to take who I'm about to take with this pick, So, and I would have going to take Goddard, so I guess we'll just flip-flop. Um, keeping the Dallas theme, I will go with Dalton Schultz, um, Stanford Cardinal. I saw a couple people above him from really? this year going into the next year. We'll talk about honorable mentions, I guess, because I have a couple people I'd, I'd name. Um, much to kind of like what we're talking about, he's definitely a, a safety valve for, for Dak, but I think um, much of the offense, too much of the offense, I should say, um, this past year went through um, CeeDee Lamb and um, Zeke and Pollard. They kind of forgot about Dalton Schultz, if he, it seemed like, so his numbers dropped off pretty substantially, you know, 20 less catches, 300 less yards, a couple less touchdowns. Um, but, I mean, just last year, he was an 800-yard guy, um, almost double-digit touchdowns. I mean, he's super productive in an offense where he's really the third or fourth option. So uh, I'm taking Dalton Schultz. I think ninth best tight end in the NFL is probably where I would rank him. Um, but, yeah, Josh, since – you have a couple strong ones you feel about. I'll let you dive into the honorables. Yeah, I had um, I had Dawson Knox. Um, this is mainly from this past year going into next year. But, I mean, there was a point in the season where he had a touchdown in like six or seven straight games. Like, he was definitely, you know, out there doing his thing this year. Yeah, Dawson Knox is a stud. But, again, I, I, I mean, I guess it kind of goes – this is, I can use the same argument against myself where, like, he's, like, the fourth option for Buffalo. Um, I just think with those things being created equal, um, similar offense, um, Dalton Schultz is just simply more productive. So that's yeah. that's why I went with him. And also, again, the Pac-12 bias. I think Dawson Knox a little bit more efficient this year, but I mean, yeah, if you're going production wise and yeah, yeah, I'm not with your pick either. I'm not going to fight you on who is the ninth or tenth <laughs> in the NFL. Like tomato, tomato. Um, I think the consensus top five or six is pretty sound after you get past one, 
you can kind of rearrange them based on, you know, style preference. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, after the top two, they're all on the same, you know, similar level. Very, very yeah. little room for, for error in those ones. Really, overall, I think tight end is a position where it's like you kind of just pick one based off of how you want your offense to run. Like, do you want someone like Travis Kelsey and Kyle Pitts, or do you want someone like George Kittle? You know what I mean? That's just kind of seems like the way the position is going nowadays. I think we'll see the same thing in the safeties draft. It's all going to come t- t- come down to what, what kind of player do you want out there. Yeah, especially if we're combining. It's going to be the age-old debate of Ed Reed versus Troy Palomalu kind of thing, where like, they play two different safety positions, and they both do two different things. It's just a matter of you know style preference. Yeah, I honestly thought the the three guys that you have collectively just mentioned were who I kind of predicted to be the next people to go of. My only other honorable mention, just to show you where my head's at, would probably be David and Joku, just because he's a massive freak and he went to Miami and he watches anime. But yeah, we'll see I, I had I had him up there too. We'll he see was... how he does next year with the Sean and the system and everything. But yeah. I I had him I definitely considered taking him um just cuz like uh him and Baker had a pretty good connection um a few years ago but he's another one just he's missed too much time too early in his career that I just I wanted to take someone a little bit more consistent. Yep, fair enough. Anybody uh anybody got anything else? Any other honorable mentions for tight ends? Again, I mean, where it past nine now so who the fuck are we even talking yeah about? i don't think anything anyone else really needs to be mentioned there uh mike gesicki um i'd like to say oh him. shit yeah we did forget him i honestly can't believe i i i wouldn't have changed any of my picks but damn it we actually did forget somebody to mention he's pretty yeah, good no, yeah no he, he's a, i think he's a really good player i think you put him on a a different team, kind of like what I was saying with Pitts. I think he he could put up some monster numbers. He, there are there are trade rumors for him. Yeah, I think he wants out too. Yeah, he's a he's an athletic freak. Yeah, I mean after this year, his numbers went so much down from where they've been because uh, of the way Miami's running their offense now. So like you said, he thinks he'll be more successful, more useful somewhere else. So I think he wants to show that. Yeah, and I don't think it's anything against him. I mean, you you trade for Tyreek Hill and you get Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just the way they run their offense now, for sure. Yeah. All right, so let's roll on into our safety picks. Um, as we said already, I believe we're just going to flip the order. So, Jay, go ahead and take us away. I'm honestly fucking dreading this. We'll see if we even make it to nine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this should be a no-brainer. Um, shouldn't even be a discussion. I don't even think I should even have to say his name. Everyone on the planet should just know who the number one safety is in the NFL. But I'll say his name anyway. Minka Fitzpatrick. Partially owned by Hollywood Brown. Three out of four years with the Steelers. First team All-Pro. Yes, first team All-Pro. Three out of four seasons. Probably should have made it last year, um, given the mess he had to clean up, but Anyway, um, he does it all. I mean, he's a ball hawk. He's good for at least three or four picks a season. Um, he's good for 100-plus tackles a season. Oh, and by the way, he's going to score at least one defensive touchdown a season. Um, kid's an absolute animal. I mean, single-handedly, 
Um, him and I shouldn't say totally Atlanta, but 90% of the reason they won that game against the Bengals week one this year was because of Minka Fitzpatrick blocking that kick had the pick six. I mean, he is all over the field. He can do literally anything. He can line up in the box blitz. Um, he can drop back, play center field. Um, he's probably, if not the best top three open field tacklers in the NFL. I mean, he saved so many long plays from the Steelers piss poor run defense the last two years. Um, again, I, I can't stress it enough. Five years in the league total, four with the Steelers, three of the last four seasons, first team all pro. That means the best player at his position voted by the AP three out of four seasons. Um, yeah, again, I don't think there's really much of an argument. And if anyone has anything otherwise to say about him being number one, they're just wrong. That's not even an opinion. They're just factually incorrect. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with, what'd you say, three straight first team all pros? Like, three out of four. Three out of four. That's, that's the best. I mean, that's the best you're going to get. That's the truest test of who is the best at each position in the league. And, you know, they've spoken. It is, it's him. So I can't argue with the pick at all. Yeah, I don't have much to add. Um, nor would I, I want to get you fired up. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I don't want to be wrong, as you said. Just anybody, <laughs> who, anybody who thinks it's not Minka is just wrong. You've been told by the prophet himself. So, just when we get to edge rushers and quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I can I cannot wait for that. Um, yeah, I don't really have a. Much That'll be an electric add. episode. The. Uh, the only thing I would say is if you want to make some stylistic comparisons, but as you will probably see with some other people who are picked on this list, I think another important thing for Minka is he's out there every week. We were just talking about availability, and he's playing at this high level, and he's also out there for his team, actually scoring points on the defensive side of the ball week in and week out. So I'm not going to argue with that. Good. <laughs> All right, so my pick at two. Sir. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we might not make it past six. Yeah. No, I just, I mean, I'm just going to choose personal preference here because, you know, we're choosing from two different positions. I have no idea how the world regards safeties right now. Um, so I'm just going to go from my own brain. I'm going to pick Derwin James. Um, and I wish, I think we had the ability to draft him as a Ravens fan. And I really wish we did. And pretty much since that day, I've been proven right. Um, he's always around the ball. He makes tackles. Like, you know, he, he's going to make some plays for that Chargers defense for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, at least, I think he would be the consensus number two. Um, like I said, I have no idea what like the consensus rank on safeties is right now. So uh, stay tuned for later in the draft. Ooh. Yeah, if I didn't have the first pick, and I like if we just flipped positions, Josh, you and I, I would have the same pick. I fucking love Derwin James. Um, great stuff. I honestly, um, a lot of his comp. Um, he's kind of like a, a in between Sean Taylor and Jamal Adams where he's not quite a true box safety, but he's got that size and he's got length and he's got really good coverage. I shouldn't say really good coverage skills because, I mean, he, he gets beat sometimes, specifically. Yeah, good, good enough for, for, for the position. 
Yeah, for being a 6'3", 220-pound safety, like, yeah, he, he's got more than good enough coverage skills. Yeah, I would have picked him at two as well um, to draw some parallels for our more sophisticated fans. I feel like it's similar almost to the Kittle and Kelsey thing where it's like Derwin James is super physical as well. And if he was just out there, you know, playing 14 plus games a year, it would kind of be a 1A, 1B thing. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a fair consensus pick at one and two. All right. So this is where shit gets weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I, even gonna I, say where I had people on my list. I'm just gonna make picks because I am not confident. Yeah, I I honestly don't hate the two people. Like I I feel pretty good about the two people I'm gonna take when we swing back around. Though, good lord. Actually, <laughs> you know what? I'll be ready. All right. So at number three, I'm taking this already slightly based on personal preference and also just bloodline monarchy based, but I'm going with Antoine Winfield Jr. down in Tampa. His dad was one of my favorite players ever. He's a great tackler. He's a great box safety, but I do think he's decent in coverage. I mean, obviously during their Super Bowl run, he played incredible as a rookie they regressed a little bit this year, but I think he's a hell of a player, and we'll see him still play at a very high level for years to come. So anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I mean, having the good rookie year, you know, the Super Bowl run, you know, p- playing well towards the end of end of this year, I, I mean, I think he definitely showed that he has the ability to be one of the top guys at the position. He's a little high for me. Um, yeah, I had him lower on my list, but like, like I said, I, I don't feel confident in arguing my position all of that strongly, but you know, he's a safety. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, pretty confident in my defensive back, uh, knowledge and yeah, I mean, he's a good player and all. I just think there's a pretty good handful ahead of him. Yeah, I'm a cornerback guy myself. Yeah, same. I would definitely lean that way. Um, But moving on to my fourth pick, this is living more, I would say, in the present this year specifically, moving into next year. Um, Christ, I'm not crazy about this pick. Do I go crazy here? Mm, No, no. I'm going to try to stay reasonable. All right. I'm going to take, um, I don't, I don't even know how to say this bastard's name. The Troy Palomalu looking dude in San Francisco, Hufanga. Yeah, Hufanga. He, he played his tits off this year and he probably, if you, I don't know if you, you could argue projections, but definitely he played better this specific year with D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco on that stacked ass defense. I guess my only argument for Winfield would be that with D'Amico Ryan's leaving, we'll see how productive he is next year. Um, but he's a hell of a player, so I'm happy with these two at three and four. Yeah, I'm really, really not like happy with you at all right now, um, dude. Talanoa is an absolute psychopath. 
<laughs> so oh good. yeah, fucking you. I mean USC Samoan safety. I mean you. Who are you fucking talking to? Oh my god, he'll have a tsunami wave tattooed on his face in no time, and just be. <laughs> I don't need to get into what'll happen later in life, but anyway. He 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 is a freak and he can play, so I'm happy with him at four for sure. Yeah, I was really hoping that just based off of him really breaking out this season, that I would have been able to pick him up in this round. But uh, whatever, fuck you. Yeah, I mean he's on a he's on a good defense. I think that helps too. You know, make, make him known a little bit more. I think maybe that's why it didn't make it back to you. I mean, he was yeah, a, one of the better was, players, one of the better players on a better defense. So, yeah, oh, that was, you know, he was my highlighted. logic as well of why I put him at four is because of the fact that D'Amico Ryans is leaving, and I'm sure that's definitely part of the reason that he burst on to the scene as much as he did this year. But go ahead, Josh. Okay. I'm going to take uh, Buda Baker here with my wraparound pick. I think he's another guy who's, you know, he's on, in the backfield a lot. He's making plays at the line of scrimmage. He's good in the run game. You know, he's a sure tackler, so I'll take Buda Baker from the Cardinals. I like him. He was going to be my next pick. He signed a huge deal, and I know the Cardinals are trash, but He's a good player. I would have picked him next on my personal list. Yeah, I think it's almost the opposite effect. Uh, the guy you just picked, like he's on not such a great defense, so you know his his abilities stand out a little bit more playing in Arizona. Yeah, I don't really have anything negative to say about Buda Baker. Um, he's a really solid player. Again, I I would probably put a couple others ahead of him, um, but. I certainly see like where you're coming from. Yeah, I have nothing else on him. If you want to take your last two, Jay, this is really tough for me. Um, there's a lot of really good players um, at the position that I really, really, really like. Um, God damn it! Um, just, just take Minka Fitzpatrick again. God, I wish I could. Um, damn it. I feel like I have to have one of these players, like, style of safeties on my list. Um, I just can't decide on which one I want between two. Um, you have two picks. I, I know. I don't want to take the same style player. You don't want to take both of them. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh man, this is tough. Alright. Um just based off of age um and, and injuries. Actually no, no, fuck it. I'm going back against my word. I will say for the honorable mentions is that no neither of you is gonna pick the other guy. Um I don't know I'm if that's take, an insult or what? I'm gonna take Jordan Poyer um from Buffalo. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Colin has no idea what <laughs> Yeah. Dude played the entire season with like fucking a punctured lung and like a fractured rib. Um, he's an absolute savage. He's due for at least five picks a season, it seems like, and that's not even really what his like his primary skill set is. Um, he is a thumper. Um, 
hits really fucking hard in today's NFL, which says a lot. Um, I fucking love this guy. Talk about um, <clears throat> someone, like I said, will play through just about any injury, which um, seems to be a theme of this episode. <clears throat> so I'm going to take Jordan Poyer, and it certainly helps that his baby mama is Rachel Bush. So just good for him. All <laughs> so, yeah, good for him. Yeah, and furthermore, also a Pac-12 product. Yeah, I mean, the Bills' defense is better than the Bills' offense, and he's the leader of that defense. You can't hate on that pick too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I had him, I had him in my in my top six. So he he would. I don't know that that means much, but their their defense definitely missed out on Micah Hyde. I don't think he's going to get picked, um, just given the fact they missed the entire season um, due to injury. Um, but had Micah Hyde played this year and been his usual self, I probably would have taken him here instead of Jordan Poyer. Um, but Jordan really stepped into a leadership role. Tredavious White, um, kind of piggybacking off of last week's episode, really kind of, uh, since his Achilles injury, is really just kind of taking a step back, not the same player. So Jordan kind of playing a, a center field role and uh, a box safety role, um, he's just an all-around really good player. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, and that was six overall. Yep. Um, yeah. Which honestly, Christ brings me right back to the same predicament. I feel like. Um. God damn it! Last pick. I know it's just so tough. Um. This one's gonna be. This one's for me. You know, I'm. This is gonna be my passion project. <laughs> This is the guy who I said I, I knew you guys weren't going to take, but I'm going to take Bullshit, because I think you're going to pick who I was about to pick, and I have a whole speech prepared, so let's hear it. If it's the oh same Oh, boy, person. I have no idea. Kyle Duggar. The fuck no. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle Duggar, um, for those of you who don't know, um, plays for the New England Patriots. He was a first-round pick. Or no, I th- he was a second-round pick. Um, out of a no-name school, Lenore Rhine. Never even fucking heard of it. I'm 90% sure it's like a D2 school. But, dude, this guy literally does it all. He's enormous. He's 6'4". He's 225 pounds. Lays the fucking wood. Really good in coverage. Had two defensive touchdowns this year. Um, Really ended up being, outside of Judon, their best defensive player, I'd say. Um, and that says a lot given their two uh, corners really shine this year. Um, yeah. What round was he picked in? Uh, second round, I believe. God, trust in the Dark Lord. Um, who's that other, who's that other sec- cornerback who plays both ways on their team and, like, returns <clears throat> to super fucking fast? I think What's it's Mark. Mark. Yeah, Marcus Jones or something. Yeah. He's good, too. Yeah, yeah. second. Round 37th overall, so early second round. Um, yeah, I mean, Bill, Steve, Belichick, Gerard Mayo. I mean, this guy just, he can really do it all. Um, really exploded in the last two seasons. So I think he's just only going to get better. He's going to get fucking paid. Um, I think, honestly, he's right there with Derwin James. So um, keep an eye out. Kyle fucking Duggar, savage. Oh, I don't think either of you two are fans of this guy. Oh, I hate we're already so, know. <laughs> so I I may be out on an island here, but I'm gonna take 
pretty much based off the last two years alone, just hoping he continues it into next year. I'm going to take Kevin Byard. Oh, ew. never mind. Yes, I mean, sorry. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I don't know I, where you thought I was going, but, I mean. He probably deserves to be I don't know if there's this. too many I, arguments about this guy. I was not going to take him because I'm not a fan, but I don't think he's. I mean, he's good. I wouldn't okay. pick him though. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know how you felt about. It. I knew you didn't. You weren't a fan. I didn't know if that caused pure disgust or <laughs> there was some mutual respect there. I, I just think he's overrated personally. Um, he's a good player, but like people were talking about him in the same breath as Minka, and he got ranked ahead of Minka and Madden two consecutive years, which is just literally laugh out loud funny. Well, I'll take being in the breath with the number one overall pick at pick seven. You don't sound like you're laughing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not laughing because it's fucking horseshit. Kim Byard is not that good. Um, He's He's basically Minka Fitzpatrick. That's my reasoning for taking him here at seven. He's (laughs) not even the best safety in his own fucking conference. I mean, I'm sorry, his own fucking uh, division. Well, whatever. Sure. I know you're not going to take with. Don't want you to take, so just go ahead. Oh, I've got I have my whole freaking monologue prepared for this one. I didn't oh think you would come to this, but now I'm ready. So I'm between one of two people who you're going to take. <clears throat> God, if you pick Justin Reed, I'm hanging up. <laughs> Fuck no. And I'm not picking Tyran Matthew either. Spoiler Actually, those were the two guys I thought you might pick. <laughs> No way. When I said one of two guys, those are the two that I thought you were <laughs> Yeah, I got you guys on the edge of your fucking seats then. Um, I'm going to go with someone as a, you would like to say, more of a body of work pick, but someone who just deserves to be talked about as the last of a dying breed. Harrison uh, Smith, body of work <laughs> oh pick, I know. I should have seen this coming, actually. Dude, come on. We got to think about this in a broader historical context. Like, this is going to be the equivalent of, like, seeing an animal that went extinct. Like, do you see the old black and white photos of, like, the New York Zoo with, like, a Tasmanian tiger in it? And you're like, that's insane. Like, I wish I could have been alive at a time when that existed. Soon you are going to see a black and white photo of Harrison Smith in a cage and just be like, damn, there used to be white people that played this position. And don't don't try to short side it any other way. He was really fucking good for a really long time and is still out there. So what do you got to say about it? Yeah, it's all well and good that he's been good for a long time. But at age 34, I watched him with my th- – two fucking eyes miss at least 15 tackles and at least drop or got mossed multiple interceptions. Um, yeah, no, Harrison Smith has no business in the top 10, or especially if now if we're talking about, you know, uh, free safeties and, and strong safeties separated. Sure. He'll be top 10 in his position there, but top 10 overall counting both. No, no. Zero. You honestly just defended my case even more. The fact that he is a 34-year-old white man playing safety in the NFL. He is literally the son of Christ. That is the <laughs> only explanation. He is Devin the last Le- of a dying breed. 
Josh, do you have anything to say before we jump into honor mentions? <laughs> I'm not as low on them as you, but I don't have <laughs> anything to add that's uh, gonna defer what either of the two ends you guys took. All right. Well, I'm just gonna start off by saying thank fuck neither of you were dumb enough to take either of the Raven safeties. I had him for honorable mentions. I wasn't going to take Justin Simmons either just because he's on the Broncos. Let's be honest with that as well. That's who I was probably should have taken over Kyle Duggar. I I don't know, though. I mean, again, they're two different positions. Um, I I like Simmons a lot. Um, I think he's slightly overrated sometimes um, by certain people. Um, Jesse Bates from Cincinnati. Um, I kind of hate him just because he plays for Cincinnati, but um, you know, he, he's a really solid player as well. Um, definitely better than Harrison Smith. I was going to take Chuck Clark. Either right. <laughs> if Kyle okay. Hamilton, if Kyle Hamilton plays all of next year the way he played the last six weeks of this season, he'll be in the conversation for sure. Yeah, he started showing potential uh, at the end, but very inconsistent leading up to that. All right, John Seagard. Go ahead. Oh, yes, CJ. Yeah. He's a dog. Anything else, gents? What position groups are we doing next week? Do you want to do – I mean, I I feel like edge rushing quarterback has to be the last one. So is there anything else we can do? We have to do running backs where – we have to do running backs still and anything else. Head coaches. Ooh. Yeah, that we should, should be its own. I was going to no, I think we should do quarterbacks by itself and make that five rounds. Yeah, I'm down with more rounds for quarterbacks and doing it all its own. I mean, that's going to probably lead to the most arguments amongst the group. Um, all right, well, how about we do running backs and edge rushers next week, and then we'll do quarterbacks by itself and head coaches by itself. What about the big boys, though? The interior D line. <laughs> okay, yeah, running backs and interior line next week. Because I would say so ed- two, two rounds each. <laughs> I would say because edge rushers, quarterbacks, and head coaches. I feel like we can do at least minimum four rounds, like confidently. Shit, I feel like we can do four yeah. rounds for running backs and interior linemen. I will at least get my rocks off. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree, but I'm just saying, like, if we wanted to do, like, going for, like, after we do running backs and interior D-line, then just do, like, edge rushers by itself, quarterbacks by itself, coaches by itself, like, we could definitely do that, because we're going to have yeah. a lot about those positions. All right. Yeah, and obviously next week we'll touch on if anything big happens within the Combine weekend. Yeah, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers going dark again. Ooh. Oh, boy. For more than one night. Chill. Did you listen to the podcast or see his outfit on the podcast? Was no, and no. Kiki? What podcast was he on, Pat McAfee? No, he was on uh, Aubrey Marcus, um, his one friend. Colin Cowers tried to make fun of him, call him a philosopher, but he was the former CEO and co-founder of uh, On It. Um, yeah, he was on his podcast. He's friends with Aaron Rodgers. They're like the best of friends. I hate him. <laughs> so he's probably the coolest dude of all time. Yeah, all right, probably. folks. It's time. We'll see you next week.
stay tuned for more two new groups and then we will keep on rolling